Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio outreach of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series from Luke 15 called Lost, Found, Rejoice. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called What Sends Heaven into Celebration. Now maybe you're new to the gospel. I want you to know God loves you. Luke chapter 15, we're continuing our series called Lost, Found, Rejoice. Lost, Found, Rejoice. I look up here for a minute. It's a really important thing I want to say here to start. We are all losers of keys and wallets. And if we care to admit it, kids from time to time. Now, we all know what it's like when you lose your keys. It's one thing to lose your keys when you're randomly looking for them after work at night. It's an entirely different thing to be needing to go to work and to drop the kids off at school, and suddenly you realize, oh no, where did I leave my keys? In fact, I remember one time we were on vacation, and we lost the keys. That's a really bad feeling. Just a really bad feeling. And I started to wonder if, our, if maybe after a couple days that the, we're on this vacation, did, 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 their, did their kid get a hold of my keys and like put them in the trash or something? You see, we have this thing, this tension we live with when something as simple as our keys or our wallet or our kid is lost. Now, even as simple, I'll, I'll start on the, on the lighter end. If your keys are lost or your wallet is lost, how many of you are like me and you can't really think of anything else until you find it? Because you're like, well, I'll go find it. Tomorrow. No, I really need to go look for it. I'll find it. No, because if I wait till tomorrow, I'm not, maybe not going to find it. And constantly we're thinking about it. Where is it? And we have this tension until we find it. And then you find the keys in the couch, under the pillow. What is it doing there? I have no idea. But guys, I found the keys. And we're so excited. I want to take that up a level. If you've ever lost a kid, I know what that feels like. And I'm not saying that, well, look at my parenting, you know. We were uh, at the zoo one time and we lost Isaiah. At zoo lights, in the dark with like 20,000 people there. There is an incredible tension that I almost have never, I don't know that I've ever felt it in my life like that. When your child goes, and after you get to 10 minutes, you begin thinking, oh no. What if somebody else, what if somebody else grabbed him? What if somebody else said, hey, come here, little kid, and, and off that, and your mind begins to wander, and you, you have this tension and this, we have to find it. And then if you're in a place that big, and you're looking, and you have no idea, I mean, you're looking, you're running everywhere, crying out his name, and you have this tension until you locate him. And I remember that moment where we did a half an hour later. Actually, as a parent, there's like two sides to that. First, there's the relief of the tension. And then there's the rejoicing. One of my child is here. I have found him. I won't. And, and, and all of those thoughts that have been going through your head of I'm a terrible parent. How could I have done this? Wash away. Now, there's, <laughs> there's always somebody there, you know, that's with you while you're waiting. And they start giving you parenting advice, Right? Helpful? Not helpful. I just want my kid. 
Now, I want you to think of that moment. Maybe you've had a similar moment. Maybe you were lost somewhere at a critical time. Maybe you lost your keys in a bad place. Maybe you lost a kid. Listen, it's not a theoretical thing about being lost at that point. There is an emotional connection that you have lesser to a key, much greater to a child, and you feel like that must be found, not it could be found someday. I want you to know that your heavenly father has a deep emotional connection to the lost. And here's what he wants us to have tonight. The same emotional connection to the lost. Because see, if we don't have an emotional connection to that which is lost, we can be theoretical about it and go, oh yeah, some of my neighbors, they're lost. They're sinners. They're separated from God. But, you know, I'm sure it'll take care of itself. And if God puts me in a place and they ask me who is Jesus and they ask me how to get saved, I'd be happy to tell them. It's entirely different when we have an emotional connection to, I want to search out and find people that don't know Jesus. Now that's the heart behind the message. The message tonight is called, What Sends Heaven Into Celebration? Listen, I want you to hear this thought. I actually got it from someone else. You'll hear me read it later. Evangelism is grounded in the joy of recovery. As much as we feel the weight of something being lost, God wants us to be excited about the joy of recovery when the lost is found and we rejoice. Let's begin reading in Luke chapter 15. Uh, We're going to skip ahead to verse 8 where we left off last week. Jesus has just told a story of a shepherd who lost one sheep and goes after that sheep. Now he tells the story of a woman. He says, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. Now let's bring this into what's going on in the text into our world. We think of 10 coins. I mean, coins were a thing. I mean, back in the day, you could actually get a gumball for a coin, right? Now, coins are like not a thing. I think some of my kids might not even know what coins are. That's what credit cards are for. That's what we have cash for, right? Now, in this day and age, what these coins represented, it's the Greek word drachma. It's a Greek concept. One drachma was basically equivalent to a day's wages, So if we're talking 10 drachmas, then what we're talking about is basically two weeks worth of savings. Now, put that in your own context. I don't know how much you make or where you work, but think if I had two weeks or half a month's worth of savings and I lost 10% of that, would I care? Well, whether that's $100 or $300 or let's just go in the middle and say $200. I think most of us would say that if we went to the bank and got $200 cash and we lost the envelope, we'd look for it. Almost like with the key or with the wallet, we would keep looking until we located it. Now that's the story here. I want you to notice really uh, how important it is, how she responds. Notice that when she loses the coin, it says that she lights a lamp. Why does she need to light a lamp? Well, back in Palestine, uh, most of the houses were stone. They didn't have windows. So when you were in your house, it was kind of dark. 
So what it's showing is the intensity that she has to find this coin. I'm sure she reached around where the other nine were and she couldn't find it. So what she does is she turns, uh, she gets a lamp, she lights an oil lamp, and then she begins to search and she sweeps trying to get it to kind of roll out on the floor. And she diligently searches for this coin. It says that she sweeps the house and searches diligently until she finds it. Verse 9, it says, when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Think about this thought. We celebrate what we value. We celebrate what we value. If somebody finds something that I don't care about, I don't care about it. If somebody finds something that is valuable to me or valuable to you, then we celebrate it. We rejoice in it. I don't care if Michigan wins or loses. I do care that Ohio State wins. Well, it's kind of nice when Michigan loses too, right? But we value something on such a low level, but God is saying on a much, much higher level, we ought to be valuing like he values those who are lost, those who are separated from him. Verse 10. Now, I want you to notice this. This is one of the most incredible verses in Scripture. It gives us just a little window into heaven. Like, what's going on up there right now? He says this, just so... There is more joy or there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is amazing. What he's saying is heaven goes into a party. It goes into a party gear when one single sinner is found. Think about how we respond to so many things. I mean, we think about COVID, for example, and... um, All kinds of tragedies, car accidents, statistics, statistics, statistics. Sometimes in our culture, we lose the value of individuals in statistics. And we're all excited if the rate of drunk drivers goes down or the accidents go down. But I'm going to tell you, for every person that dies, there is a family behind that. There is a person that is hurting. There is, you see, with Jesus, we aren't statistics. We're created in his image. He cares deeply about us. And when one sinner comes home, heaven breaks out in celebration. Now that ought to strike us as a little bit outrageous, but think about this. You can write this in your notes if you want. One counts to God. One counts to God. Listen, God's heart for lost sinners is marked by concern and urgency and outrageous celebration. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. If you're listening to Meeting with God, you're clearly interested in God's Word. One of the great joys of my life is seeing people grow together in God's Word on a weekly basis. And these messages are a part of our weekend services. If you don't have a church family, let me invite you to join us this weekend. Our church home is located in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. Details are available at verticalchurch.life. What about us? 
What about us who call ourselves members of the family of God? How are we to respond to this text? I like what a commentator named Bach said. He said this, God's work in Jesus continues as disciples show God's concern for people. Luke's readers are to learn from Jesus' example that they are to seek out sinners and point the way to God. Disciples of Jesus are to look for the lost sheep and the missing coins and to celebrate finding what was lost. Evangelism is grounded in the joy of recovery. Now think with me for about this for a moment. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, many of us know the Lord's Prayer. Some of you grew up reciting or praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then what do we pray next? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is a cry in our hearts as things are in heaven, as they are holy and just and beautiful and so many things. Your ways, your kingdom come down to earth. Be it on earth as it already is in heaven. I'm going to ask you just to think about this question. Do you live? Do you live an as it is in heaven lifestyle? Are you concerned that what is going on around you, what is going on in your neighborhood or your church, that it's reflecting what is going on right now in heaven? Go back with me to verse 7. I'm going to read verse 7 and verse 10. We're going to be looking back at a couple of these verses. Notice it in verse 7, it says, Just so, Jesus just told the story. He said, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Verse 10, Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents outrageous joy. Can I say that my heart, can you say that your heart reflects heaven? That when one sinner comes into this building or into your house and chooses to follow Jesus Christ and embraces forgiveness of sin through the work that Jesus did on the cross and embraces Jesus Christ, that heaven goes into celebration mode. I don't know what your picture of fun and joy and celebration, but think about a bunch of people on the beach celebrating, having a good, clean party, enjoying one another, playing volleyball, all out in the water, having a, just a grand time. And imagine that the energy of that ramps up. That's what heaven is like. Heaven is in celebration mode, in fun and celebration. Like if you think that heaven is a bunch of stooges sitting around just like bored out of their brains, you have no idea what heaven's like. In fact, I think that's why our evangelism is so weak. Because we don't think about as it is in heaven. Now think about this for a minute. Again, think with me in your mind's eye. I want you to think, if I could just see heaven. I mean, if I could draw a picture for you, if I could show something on this screen that gave you a picture of the angel celebration brigade as one sinner repents and comes back to God, 
I think we would run out of this place immediately and look for anybody we could talk to and share the good news of Jesus Christ if we could see into heaven. But that's the great thing Jesus allows us to see here. And I think about Revelation chapter 4 and 5. There's a worship scene there where people are worshiping Jesus Christ, worshiping before the throne, worshiping the Lamb. Now, if we can make an emotional connection with that and we think of, boy, it would be awesome to go to a church where they have such passion in worship. They're singing to God with the passion that we see in in Revelation 4 and 5. I want to worship like that. I want to worship like it is in heaven. Now, see, that's what Luke, I've heard that before. I now want to draw us in Luke chapter 15 to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And to celebrate like it is in heaven. Do we have an emotional connection? Do we have a sense of seeking then celebrating? Do we have an awareness that as I'm sharing my faith with others, as I'm reaching out to them, as I'm sharing the good news of Jesus, that we're right on the edge of heaven going into applause and celebration? Do we live a life that is based on as it is in heaven. Perhaps we should be praying, Lord, help me to pray for and to seek and to celebrate lost being found in the same way that it is in heaven. Now, when we think about our church here, this church that we share in together is looking to imitate the culture of heaven. Everything we do should be not just praying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We should be living that way. We should have a culture here. We should have a culture in our home, a culture of living like it is in heaven. Now, I want us to think about that here for a minute. Does our church culture as it is here Are we growing together in building a culture that reflects heaven? Do the values of heaven set you on fire? Does a thought that what I'm doing here impacts everyone up there and I can't wait till there becomes here? Here's what I want to do. I want to take a few minutes to go back through these 10 verses And I want to look at five ways that we can look at the culture of our church. Uh, I want our church to be growing in the culture of heaven. Is that what you want? Let's look here at five people or groups in verses 1 to 10. Here's the heart behind it. Look up here for a minute. Church culture matters. Church culture matters. Let's become a church that is, here's five things quickly. Look back at verse 1. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. That's Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jot this down. The first aspect of our culture, we want to be a safe place for seekers to listen in and ask questions. That's the kind of culture we want here. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're watching online and You've heard things about Jesus. Maybe you're despairing about some things in your life or you know that there's a void and you haven't been able to fill that void and you're wondering, maybe maybe Jesus is what's missing. Or I don't know. I'd like to know more about Jesus. You're in a very, very safe place to listen in and ask questions. 
And I hope if you're in that place or you're watching online, you're like, I have some more questions. I'd like to ask some questions. You are in the perfect place. We would love to entertain your questions. We want you to feel safe. There's no dumb questions. You can ask anything you want. Then look at verse 7. The second aspect of a culture that celebrates as it is in heaven. Verse 7 says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now again, it's not like God doesn't care about the 99. It's not like when you get saved, suddenly you don't matter. It's just telling you how much God is thinking about those who are lost, spending eternity in hell, separated from him. That matters. It matters a lot to him. And here's the thought I want to give you, the second thought. We want to be a safe place for seekers to listen in and ask questions. We also want to be a welcoming place for repenters to find hope and peace and freedom in Jesus Christ. And maybe you're asking this question. Maybe you're here and you're pretty close to, I, I, I see my need for Jesus and I want to respond but I'm kind of wondering, how are those church people? Will I be accepted into the church family? Because, you know, if I go to this church, what if I'm too messed up for all of them? Well, here's the two things you want to think about if you want to fit in, if you want to know whether you fit in. The first thing is, is your life a mess? And you know that it is, and you're ready to deal with it. Most of us are like, yeah, I had to totally fit in there. I know my life's a mess. In fact, all Christians are people that are a mess and found freedom in Jesus Christ. Okay? We're not a place where we got everything figured out. If you think you have to figure everything out before you come to church, you got it backwards. Okay? We are people that are in a mess that's also known as sin in Scripture. We've done things that have messed up our lives. We come to Jesus. That's how things are made right. But here's the second thing. Not only are you, do you know that your life is a mess and you're willing to deal with it, here's the second thing. Are you willing to turn to Christ as the solution and Savior? We read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 earlier. I'll read it again. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works. So that no one may boast. No one does enough good things before God to earn salvation. Grace is a gift. It is unmerited. It's a gift. Then we're told in Romans chapter 5 verse 1. That those who have embraced this gift of salvation are justified by faith. By believing on Jesus. And it says therefore since we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, in a challenging, chaotic, crazy world that we live in, you can navigate it if you have peace with God. If you have peace with God, if you have relationship with God through Jesus Christ, if your sin is covered by what Jesus did on the cross, you can have peace no matter how chaotic things are in your world. That's one of the things we celebrate here in this church is the peace of God. Listen, Jesus welcomes messy people who want to be transformed by faith and by grace. Let's become a church that is a place 
filled with searchers who intentionally pray for and seek out the lost. Look back at verse four with me. It says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And then looking down at the woman in verse 8, it says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? Listen, God help us to be a church with a church culture that is filled with searchers, seekers, looking for the lost, looking for the people that aren't aware of the good news of Jesus Christ, to be thinking about those in our lives and saying, do they know about the hope of Jesus? Are they aware that God loves them? Are they aware that they can have peace with God through Jesus? Do they know that? God wants us to have a culture of being searchers who intentionally pray for and seek out the lost. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Meeting with God is a listener-supported ministry which strives to share the good news of Jesus Christ each day. Our prayer is that this radio program will lift people's eyes and hearts to our Savior, Jesus. If you would like to be a part of the Meeting with God team of financial donors who make this ministry possible, please visit our website, verticalchurch.life. We are thankful for your partnership in the gospel. And as always, we hope to meet you back here at the very same time tomorrow for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.